night, Australia's batting woes continue in the Hobart Test. Crumbling as South Africa wins the series. All the latest from today's decision on Joe Watson's Brownlow medal, Sam Burgess gets punchy, but the Kangaroos get the money in the Four Nations. And fresh from his big win in the US, Rod Pampling is our special guest. All that and plenty more on the Sports Show with Attitude. They do it. This is the Backpage Live. <laughs> I wanted to run around in the baggy green. Want to be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think women aren't strong enough, but we just feed the world. Their sex is a doll. I've got pucks in the back of the head regularly. It's just unfortunate it was from a coach. G'day, everybody. Welcome. A big cheerio to everyone who had tickets for tomorrow's fifth day of the Hobart <laughs> Test. And welcome to Kelly Underwood alongside Robert Craddock. Hello and welcome. Very keen to hear from you, Crash. Uh, and over this side, Jules Schiller, along with the wonderful Mr Mark Bosley. How are you, Tony? Good evening, everyone. Very well. Lovely to have you on board, as always. Well, that escalated quickly, didn't it? Suddenly, Australia's cricketing woes have gone from troublesome to an all-time low with today's ugly humiliation against South Africa in Hobart. Crash, this was just horrible. We lose another eight wickets for 32 innings and 80-run loss inside, what, two days, one session. Not, not counting, of course, the terrific second day where we were very solid when it rained all day. <laughs> absolutely. Well, that shot of Adam Voges, this is absolute humiliation, getting out like this. That shot from Voges we saw before be the last shot he plays in Test cricket. I mean, look at this. You know, the wicket does something. We just haven't got the guts and the fibre... To, to overcome it. Today was the most shambolic day in Australian cricket for 30 years, I reckon, since the Rebel Tours of South Africa. You've got James Sutherland and Pat Howard flying to Hobart to talk to the team. You've got former players like Shane Warne and, and Ian Healy invited in to sort of cajole and inspire the team, who were just didn't say a word in the dressing room. They're devastated, rightly. Mm. Yeah. You've got Stephen Smith giving everybody a bit of a serve and, and showed a bit of guts. Yeah, that's fine. You're entitled to be angry. We took a peep beneath the curtain with Stephen Smith. I think we're starting to see his personality. And you've got players sent back to Sheffield Shield cricket on Thursday for games they weren't going to play. To that, I say, Tony, any danger they could play Shield cricket before the start of the contest? Yeah. Mm. I mean, that was the schedule is pathetic. Mm. And these players... I'm sorry to say this, but about eight of them are on more than a million dollars a year. It, they are overpaid and lack resilience. There's more support staff there in that team than there is players. And the days of the gutsy old warrior, I'm telling you, are no certainty re to return. Bottom line is, this morning you had a, a whole heap of those players were heading out for career-defining days. So in the, bottom of, in the back of their mind, as batsmen walking out, they're going, if I fail, I might have played my last game for Australia. Absolutely no confidence and no belief crash. And that has to, at some stage, fall back on your high-performance manager and your coaching staff because there are players in that team that have not improved. Mm. Mm. Great point, great point. And they don't train for those conditions. Mm. There's a guy down there, Kepler Vessels. I remember him in Brisbane. He would grab a handful of granite. He would throw it on a cement pitch and get bowlers to bowl, and the ball would be seeming everywhere. He'd get hit up there. And you know what? It made him a test batsman. Oh. Wouldn't happen in a million years today. Are we meant to be doctoring the pitches to our own advantage? Yeah. Who is doctoring them? Philip Nietzsche? <laughs> <laughs> They're blowing up in our face. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no heavy-duty warriors there. They don't okay. like batting right. They practice to play these big shots. They call it range hitting in the net. You crash, you crash. You're right. Maybe we have sent a different side to Stephen Smith because remember that champion smiling kid we've interviewed right here in this chair mm. several times. Stephen Smith obviously feeling the pressure right now, but he, I think it was terrific in his response to the catastrophe. Have a listen. I need players that are willing to to get in, in the contest and get in the battle and um, have some pride in playing for Australia and, and pride in the baggy green. Um, at the moment, it's not good enough. <laughs> I'm quite sick of saying it, to be honest with you. We've lost five in a row and um, for an Australian cricket team, that's humiliating and um, yeah, I'm embarrassed to be sitting up here in, in this position, to be honest with you. If there's anything in the wicket, um, spin, swing, seam, at the moment, we're not adapting well enough. We're not willing to grind it out and spend enough time out in the middle to, to be positive. Yeah, just a bunch of uh, flat track bullies. Yeah, side. obviously you're furious and quite rightly so, but let's just put that emotion aside for, for one second. In your opinion, what is the way forward? I mean, we can wallow in this in disappointment and, and, so, and so forth. In your opinion, what is the best way forward for us? Well, the schedule's the big thing. You can't... They, they were playing white ball, pink ball and red ball in about three weeks. Players are confused. Everyone's confused. I've got to say this, Boz, three weeks ago on the show when Tony said, name your 11, we'll put it up. I said, here's my 11. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I don't like the team. There's no-one on the outside to the point where if you said to me, hand on your heart, who is mm -hmm. the best batsman you would choose outside the test team mm -hmm. to be in, he's not even a batsman. Mm -hmm. It's Matthew Wade. I don't even particularly like him, but he's a gutsy little bugger and he has a crack. Boz, Boz I've got a way forward and I think this is a solution for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's wet season in Darwin at the moment. We know we do, <laughs> do very well on, on day base. two in the test. <laughs> Let's just schedule them all in Darwin. <laughs> we, won't play a, we won't play a minute. <laughs> is, this, is this crisis comparable to, to the time between 84 you have to say in probably 87 there was a bit of research and then 89 when Chapel, Lily and Marsh retired. It's comparable to the Cuban crisis. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what? To give those boys in the 1980s their credit, before 1986, they had no coach. They were fending for themselves. That They were on terrible money and they'd been rocked by the South African crisis. Like, they did OK. Mm. There is zero excuse, Boz. Mm. Not, not even a semblance of Ian one. Ian Chappell said today, you know, there's no choice but to bring young kids in and, and stick with them, which yeah. I think is a terrific idea. We'd like to see that. You mentioned Adam Voges. Uh, let's have a look at his dismissal and perhaps the reaction from Steve Smith, the captain, was a little bit telling as well. If that's your last oh. shot you ever play in international cricket, it's not a happy day, is it? Mm. Mm. That's a muddled mind right there. And look at Steve Smith. That is a figure saying, oh, my God, Adam, we've just seen the end of the road for you. And it is the end of the road for him. But look, there's not much out there. Darren Lehman's son, Jake, uh, is an interesting one. He's got a very good average. He's not ready yet. And Boof said today that if his son comes up in the discussions, he'll go to the bar for mm. the selectors. A, a, a nice light moment there. But all these young kids that are supposed to be boom boys, they average in the 30s. There, there, there's, there's just not much there. Crash, what's your, your opinion on the selection mandate, how they, how they select the size? Should the coaches select the size? Should there just be one person well, rather than a committee? Very interestingly today, Smith hinted he didn't get the team he wanted. No, I, I reckon absolutely. He'd a, yeah. And he's not a selector anymore, isn't he? So no. he's frustrated. Mm. I, I loved the honesty that he showed today. He yep. could have come out, political spin, you know, yep. just told, told us what 
the Look, cricket team wanted us to hear, but he didn't, did he? And in no. tough times, that's when you see leadership. And I reckon we saw a bit of leadership from him today. And he's frustrated because he hasn't got the team he wants. Yeah. Oh, and look, I've been worried about Rod Marsh for a year and been saying it. I just think he's lost touch with the game. Yeah, mm. no, Australia, they were almost as disappointing as last night's Supermoon. Oh, that was rubbish. No, everyone, <laughs> jumped... <laughs> everyone jumped on David Warner for chasing that wide <clears throat> one and getting out in the first over of the first innings. And justifiably so, I guess. Uh, that was where the rot started. They, you know what, we get 85 on that first day. Second innings, wider, maybe a little bit shorter, cracks it for four. I still want him to play that way. And Dave Warner, surely, if they're looking at what they've got, they've got Dave Warner, they've got Steve Smith, they've got Mitchell Stark and Josh Hazelwood. Maybe they've got four. Is that the only four who can stencil their names in? Exactly. And that's the interesting thing. Only four players are certain of the next test. Oh, I can't remember that ever. Those four players. But, but just on the Warner thing, it, it was terrible. I mean, he just... We all love that whole excuse, we play the Australian way, that's the way he plays. Ask Alan Border. He, he went out and had a look at every wicket and said, OK, let's have a look at this. I need to play a certain way accordingly. I feel sorry for Callum Ferguson if he goes. Yep. First test, obviously. Yeah. Uh, he's always 31. Uh, he's was an interesting debut. He came in to face the hat-trick ball and, and survived that. Managed to get himself run out by his substitute fielder, who was a wicket keeper wicket and team, shouldn't yeah. be able to throw. Uh, and then he's out. The reaction of his brother. Mm. Who <laughs> is... was a, a talented tennis junior player um, in Adelaide growing up. Lives in London as a lawyer now and made the uh, quick flight out. And I'm told he actually wasn't in the stands when Vo just got out. Someone went up and said, quick, get out and sit on your seat. So he just sat down, mm. settled in, and <laughs> there's a frustration. He didn't have much longer to wait in the second innings either. Just no. a pair of ones for him. All right, the only DRS howler of the test uh, came from video umpire Nigel Long, who forgot he was on television around the world and not at the pub. Right, I'm in here. Yeah, mate. Let's get off this shit. It's pretty much what I felt watching. Like a locker room talk. <laughs> locker room talk's OK now. Now <laughs> <laughs> Trump's in. Exactly. Hey, we can all do oh, it. God. It's all good. All right, look, it's been an awful start to the summer from Australia and it's led to headlines about the death of Test cricket. Is that really the case? So aren't we just, as Australians, it's dead to us because our team's not performing? But that's not the game itself, is it? Aren't they not separate issues, Crash? Oh, I'm worried about it. I really am. I'm just finding, OK, there was a tremendous amount of attachment today in the car crash sort of way, but I just find in bars, restaurants, anywhere around... Like, I came in the office the other day and the television wasn't on the cricket. I can't remember that in 20 years. Because it was already over. <laughs> yeah. oh, we're, watching, we're all watching Hogan's <laughs> Heroes. <laughs> but, 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 I'm not sure. And I'll do a sweep of the panel. Mm. Uh, are you finding out there the, there's no, A, affection for this particular test team mm. and that people are dropping off? Absolutely. Mm. But I, I wonder whether that's because of a variety of reasons. There's a clear disconnect. Mm. You have to put some of it down to losing. And the three forms of the game... Yep. I think I think some in Cricket Australia want to play three different Australian teams. So we're sort of confused. We don't know personalities. We're sort of um, lacking that kind of connection in a I'm sense. Sure. I think it's all about losing. If we were winning to me, I'd be completely happy. I'm not enjoying a team, but I did go out and buy an OLED TV because uh, boy can <laughs> Dave Water endorse <laughs> the hell out of anything. But that's a good point. You I'm... don't see the cricketers in ads as much now. They're yeah. just <laughs> not. Surely the you saw them in a lot of ads during this day. It's happening in they India. They have to do something to, to change it around because the young people where the future is, in my opinion, 
to try to get them to sit down and watch Test cricket as we would do when we were young. But that's us, Tony. We can't Taylor even have a four-day game. This I is know, a two-and-a-half-day like game. One of, it's like living in the bubble. It's, like, it's okay for us. We love Test cricket. We watch it as <laughs> youngsters. In the bubble. But Tony. if you speak to youngsters these days, they're like, "What? Do you, what oh, do you I mean? don't speak what, to young people." What does this team stand for? Mm. I mean, when you talk about the Socceroos under Ange Postecoglou, we know what mm. they stand for: never give up and take on the Giants and don't be afraid. Okay. Under Michael Checker with the Wallabies, we know what they stand for: is going through a renovation. The Diamonds with Lisa Alexander, United, Sisters in Arms. What does you, this you could team stand for? Get a really good IPL but, contract. But Tony, <laughs> you, you could mount an argument. But great point. Yeah. Great point. And, and, and it is a good one. You could mount an argument for, say, the baggy green culture went a bit too far under Steve Waugh, wearing the caps to Wimbledon and all this. But he stood for something. Who's the baggy green culture custodian in that dressing room now? Yeah. I can't find one. All right, I mentioned the in England-India test where five days of boredom. Uh, the only interesting thing in that, though, was this ball from uh, Ravindra Jadeja. It's terrific. Five bounces. <laughs> uh, he lets it go, and it's called a no-ball. Why is that a no-ball? It's a beautiful... should have just been smashed to the boundary. There it is. I tell you what, Alan Border got about three of them of his career, <laughs> and every one of them went over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, AB would be... He'd, he'd be drooling at home in Brisbane watching that. Well, Crash, Jadeja has, in fact, done it before, uh, and we have got vision of it here, and this is what happened. There you go. This bloke wasn't going yeah. to... Lovely. Straight through to the boundary. It's funny left-arm spinners, they can occasionally go through this thing where they struggle to let go of the ball. England had a guy called Nick Cook who that happened yep. to. Yep. Remember him, boss? Yeah, I do, yep. just, just can't let go of the ball. It's mm. great if you're a batsman. Well, to make Jadeja feel better, it's not just left-arm spinners, and it's not just him. Uh, this should make him feel a little better. This is uh, Razak, I think it is. Again, let me at it, let me at it. Uh, no, no. Uh, Darren, uh, Sammy here. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Brilliant. Straight over the head and again no, down to the boundary for four. Carl Hooper. Oh. <laughs> oh. See, David Burney. Doesn't mind a free feed, old Burney. This young kid, of course. <laughs> uh, he would have got a couple of wickets today, Howard. It's all for the South Africa. Dilshan is. It's just quality bowling all around here. Yeah, that is a wide. Uh, and this one is my. Luke, <laughs> 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 does that even happen? No. I'm not sure. Slippery, how obviously. That's, that's <laughs> magic, Jules. Absolute <laughs> magic. All right. Cricket's not dead. David Hooks had one where he used to bowl with his arm like that and let it go with this hand. Mm. It was fantastic. That's not a no ball? Uh, no, he'd get away because the umpire wouldn't pick it up. Hooks, you go, <laughs> let it go like that. The AFL Commission has awarded runners up uh, Sam Mitchell and Trent Cotchin the 2012 Brownlow medal handed back by Essendon's Joe Watson. Here's what AFL Chairman Mike Fitzpatrick and Chief Executive Gillan McLaughlin had to say today. The status of the Brownlow medal was uppermost in the view of the Commission in making this decision. The Brownlow medal is the most prestigious individual award in our game and celebrates the competition's best and fairest player. You know, I care about the substance of this. This is a day that holds no specific joy for anyone. The players are victims here. And I think there's, there's so, so there is, you're reconciling that with discharging your duties and doing what you feel is appropriate to protect the integrity of the Brownlow medal and the integrity of this competition generally. So, a massive moment, obviously, Joe Watson, who last Friday had made mm. that decision to give it back, and he did it in a very... His statement was terrific, I thought. Mm. Uh, and is it right that Sam Mitchell, Trent Cotchin... I would have out? thought that common sense prevails. Joe did the right thing mm. in... He read the play and he handed it back, and I think the AFL Commission made the right decision today 
handing it on to the two players that finished tied for second. I can't believe there was any discussion. I mean, what what were they going to do with it? Stick it on eBay <laughs> and to see who bids for it? Of I mean, the, 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 the Brownlow already has a system built in that if you're ineligible, it goes to the next player. Like, it wasn't that this wasn't a thing already. Mm. Ask Chris Grant or Corey McKernan, who both won, but didn't receive the award. So, And it's good to see Trent Cotchen, who's played for Richmond, yeah, finally have something good in his life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. I mean, there were some, though, who thought there should be an asterisk for the year. Do you think this is the right move? No, I think it's the right move. It's a very difficult situation. I think the AFL have to come in. They can't just turn around and release a press statement and say, look, we're going to give the award to, uh, to Trent and to Sam without explaining themselves. Better late than never from Joby. Done exactly the right thing. It must have been very, very difficult... I think it's time everybody just to move on from that little period from the AFL's sake anyway and to say, OK, let's move on now. We haven't heard from Cochin or Watson as yet. Uh, sorry, Cochin or Mitchell. Mitchell as yet, although mm. they did hint during the week that they'd be a bit embarrassed to receive yeah. it. Yeah. Which, I mean, sort That's of understand, but they is. shouldn't be embarrassed. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm. If you look back on, I mean, the financial reward that they would have missed out on, yeah. Sam Mitchell has just signed with West Coast. If he signed two weeks later, he would have signed as a Brownlow medalist. That would have been mm. a different-looking contract. Did you go along with the Joe Watson or tremendous tremendously dignified uh, effort to hand back the medal or, hey, mate, it's just common sense? Well, yeah, the AFL said noble, I've heard courageous and all this sort of... I didn't of... quite get that. Oh, no, to it's... me, it just felt like the right thing the right to thing. do. Yeah, yeah. 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 Trent Gotchin was paying 33 to 1. What if I had 100 bucks on him? Do I, can I collect or what? Well, oh. this, is a, this is a question. <laughs> this is the Fox Sports office asked immediately. <laughs> <laughs> because it's an office full of problem gamblers and drinkers. Yes. But, no, you wouldn't be. I'm sure that there's a sunset clause on bets. Yeah. And I'm also sure that, you know, the betting agencies paid out in good faith on Job. So... Betting agencies normally look at it and if there was no bets on it, they'll say, we're paying out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good news and uh, bad news for the, uh, the Giants. Lockie Whitfield has been suspended for six months after the allegedly hiding from drug testers. But still, the Giants installed as premiership favourites. Let's go to the first of that. There's the, the favourites to claim the flag. So that, I guess, is you two have both said that that's likely to happen. Uh, what about with Lockie Whitfield, though? The six months uh, with four months after four months, he is allowed to then train but not play for the six. So this is just an unusual and a bit of a sketchy story. A player who said that he didn't take drugs that, and then two officials protecting him and hiding him from drug testers that actually weren't what, yeah. even after him. So um, it, it is rather unusual, but it smelt right from the start and it lacked a few details and the AFL's come down hard on them. And the two officials got 12 months. Yeah, yeah, the two officials. And one of those officials had two months ago become the new head of football at Collingwood, Nathan Buckley, under enormous pressure heading into next season. He's admitted that if they don't make finals, he will probably be sacked as the coach. And Ooh. so suddenly... Uh, Nathan Buckley is without his head of football when Graham Gubby Allen. Oh, he's yeah. under pressure. Isn't he? He oh, it's is. huge, isn't it? Yeah. You know what it says, though, that WADA could save a lot of money on testing and laboratories and just call up ex-partners of athletes? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you anything. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a few All right, is it too early to declare Mal Meninga the best kangaroos coach ever? Uh, they look good, the Aussies. Uh, they took care of Wayne Bennett's England. Um, still face a struggling New Zealand, of course, to claim the Four Nations title in that final next weekend. They look great, Crash. Yeah, Mal never gets a rap as a coach, but he just keeps winning. It was lovely to see Andrew Webster give him his just desserts in the column. Mm. I am worried about this week. You can just pick the Kiwis a mile off, and can I have a little nomination here? They're rank outsiders with the bookies. You watch. 
They'll give these little press conferences this week saying, oh, we're just happy to be in the final <laughs> against Australia. Gosh, they're good. And then they'll go kapow. Mm. They've done it to us about four times in the last decade. I, I can they... smell it. No, I, was, I can look, smell no, it. I don't think it'll happen. Oh, After no. watching Australia on the weekend, I don't think so. I think they're in tremendous form. I hear what you're saying about Mal Meninga. Yeah. But I think he's suffering a little bit from the fact because he was such a great player. So when you're such a great player, you know, there's the old saying, a lot of great players don't make great coaches. So people then look for excuses to say, why is he successful? He's a great player. He also great, does. You know, he's had, you know, he has had the great Queensland team. But like you said, you know, sometimes it's, it's a double-edged sword. When you've got a great side as a great manager, yes, you've got advantages, but also you've got massive expectation, and he always delivers. To he gives better. them a good time. They went to Spain, the, the entire team, for a couple of I days. I think there's more and to And the night before that. the game, yeah, they, they went to Coldplay yeah. just so they could get really angry. Yeah, I, think there's, I, think there's, I think there's much <laughs> more to him than that. I, I think these little things are little deflections of actually that he is actually a very good coach because when you've got so many big egos to manage in a side, that is more difficult sometimes yeah. than having a smaller side, say, a game with, plan, with less man, good boss. players. Like he's not a sort of a... doesn't you know, have to be so a great left hand. So he keeps it simple. doesn't have to be a great He's a man-manager. Yeah. With great players, you don't have to be. They'll be without Sam Friday after he fractured his eye socket. Uh, I think it is fractured. Or should we say James Graham fractured his eye socket? Look, I'm not sure this is deliberate. Oh. He, he has got a little bit oh. of a habit, doesn't he, of mm. uh, ending up there with head on head. That's pretty ugly. It, it really is. Doesn't Graham, when he tees off like that and goes in head yeah, first... It's not my fault. It's brutal. Well, Crash, he's done something similar before, hasn't he, in the grand final he against, has, uh, for, yeah. for Canterbury against South Sydney. So this, Just that this one, one there, exactly yeah. on Sammy Bird. Just who mm. played through with a busted cheekbone there. Look, he, he turns the head. You don't kind of... I know really he turns the head, but for, look, that's very, very dangerous, you know? You, if, that's you could... a, if that's a deliberate act, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You got to lead with the face. Yeah. 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 True. I would have thought so. <laughs> you can get away with that. No, but Cal, I don't think no one's saying it's a deliberate act, but it's happened before. So I think yeah. somebody should have a word the to technique. say, look, the, the technique that you're employing is actually putting somebody else at, at yeah. grave danger. Yeah. See, Big Sam Burgess, his, his technique's much better. He just goes the old-fashioned punch. Uh, he swung right into David Clemens' bounce. Look at this. Boom. Yeah. 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 Well, Kel, there's, there's definitely no question whether or not that was deliberate. Yeah. 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 It's not a good moment for Sam. He, he lost it in that game. And, and you know what? When they really need him. He, the, the, the lid popped off the saucepan mm. and, and justifiably Wayne Bennett had a chip at him too. Am yeah. I right in saying there's different rules for international rugby? You yeah. can do that. Well, you don't automatically go to the sin bin as you do in the NRL if you right. use a closed fist and punch. I think it's kind of a case-by-case -case basis. And that one was they thought, oh, it's David Clemmer, he deserves it. Uh, so it's all above mm. board and tickety But <laughs> Wayne Bennett, he wasn't thrilled, as you mentioned, with uh, Sam Burgess. He's disciplined and he wasn't afraid to tell the media about it either. Sam gives away far too many penalties. Okay, and I'll be quite keen with you. And, and, and he does it at South Sydney as well. So he needs to change the behaviour. I think Sam was sitting right next to him. At no, I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it very much. Yeah, he's, he hasn't... Uh, <laughs> he I was, was speaking really. to some friends in England, Crash. He hasn't... How you say, Wayne Bennett is somebody I love and admire, but uh, over there in terms of his personality that he's had on, <laughs> with the media, it hasn't really come across in a great way. But, I, look... I'm with him, what he said. He, they're saying that he should be promoting the game. The best way for him to promote the game over there, which needs promoting, is by winning. Yeah. I, what were you expecting? Well, that's exactly what I said charm to yeah. Grant <laughs> by making wry observations <laughs> yeah, exactly. on the game. I agree. In a I agree. a coach. Yeah. I agree. In a quirky sort of way, grumpiness works to promote mm. a game. Like, it's been his demeanour from the surly, snarly opening interviews to suddenly one magnificently expansive interview to back at his shell again has yeah. been a massive talking point in England, mm. and they, 
you know, it's sort of got the game in the papers. It, it's not great form. Mm. I, and I don't know where his head is at the moment. It, it's interesting. The mm. feel-good moment, though, of the tournament for me came with Scotland's 18-all draw with New Zealand. Mm. Uh, not so feel-good, obviously, if you are a Kiwi. This is on the field, which we later found out was 15 uh, metres too short and 10 metres too narrow. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Look, see, you and Aitken uh, scored the try. Uh, one of the many Australians who qualified by eating haggis without throwing up. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from that great Scottish <laughs> Hamlet of Townsville. Won't we love next year's World Cup? Now, uh, you know, like, uh, what's that nation there on the map? Fiji. Right, you're in. You know, like, it'll it's, like, it's hysterical. Yeah, it is. And they celebrate. I love this. This may be the most enthusiastic celebration of a draw in history, the Scottish boys. Have a listen. <laughs> See the Australian boys there with the words written on the palms. <laughs> this song's about defeating England. I mean, it makes no sense to sing <laughs> to sing that after a draw with New Zealand at all. That's true. Holy Grail isn't about the game of football either. <laughs> it is. That's just wonderful scenes. I do love that, and they may cause some cheek come World Cup yep. time as, yeah. as well. They're terrific. All right, to Union, the Wallabies remain on track for the Grand Slam after just getting past Scotland. They weren't as impressive crash as they were, obviously, against Wales, and Scotland was ahead and into it, weren't they? But we just managed to squeak, squeak home. They're a funny team, Scotland. They're sort of this niggly team that the Wallabies always struggle against. They, the, they just find them awkward. Yeah. Now, you know, the Wallabies look tired to me, and they've got three more games to play... Mm. Every now and then, Boz, you have a test, you just have, have to, to win. win somehow. And, and this was one. And, and do you know, after looking at our cricketers the last few days, it, it, it gives you a greater appreciation. They guts this out. They did. Yeah. Yeah. They're not the best so. Wallabies team. We bag them frequently. They may, they they may win a couple this week. Yeah. And they play France, which doesn't include it in the Grand Slam. No. They have yeah. to mm. beat, obviously, uh, Ireland and England. Yeah, but it would be nice to win the whole fight. Oh, I, 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 I want to ask Crash about Israel Folau, that later when that guy didn't pass in the ball. He yeah. wasn't happy, was <laughs> no, he? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bring on England and the date with Eddie Jones, though. That's yeah, what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, if it comes down to that, yeah. that will be absolutely brilliant. All right, nothing uh, I, I love more in sport than questionable tactics, uh, like hiding a player in the end zone because his uniform is the same colour as the paintwork. Isn't that great? He pops up, gets the lateral, and away he goes. But he had been li looking, lying in the end zone. Hugh Strand top order will be camouflaging himself as well. Yeah. Exactly. Just the empty seats of the Gabba. Just coming up, Rod Pampling joins us. Uh, you'll fall head over heels in this week's top five plus all things football, including one of the most bizarre yellow cards you'll ever see. Sloppy touch. And again, he's giving Nikovic all sorts of sniffers. Sniffs, and now he's going to have a tattoo. Milos Nikovic, the player of the month from October, opens the scoring. Here's Brosk. Look at this open up. Nikovic can get on the end of it. Oh, what a cutback. And Bobo, he does have another goal this season. David Carney handling through the middle. Matt Simon turns for Viner. What a ball from Simon. Knows he's got teammates in the middle. He goes for goal. Back off the woodwork. Nikovic! Simon. Chance. Good save, ready. Alex Frost. 4-1. And it's a record. The most goals ever in the opening six rounds of an A-League season. 
one big win over Perth 4-1. Arnie's men are looking good. Three games clear at the top. They're fit and firing, aren't they? They are. Absolutely superb. Six games, six wins. Um, they've got a massive test this week, but I would say the biggest test of the season so far, Brisbane away, uh, Johnny Aloisi's side. Um, but you have to give it to Graham Arnold because last season was very difficult for him, Crash. It, it was a, a, the season that basically out of hell, not making the top six. Um, things just completely went pear-shaped from his first season where he made the grand final and come second. And I think the change that he's actually employed as well from himself, you know, he came on our show two weeks ago and, and normally I always say to him, you know, these are the questions they're going to ask. And the first time I've ever known, I've known him 25 years, he went, you can ask me whatever you want. That type of attitude that I think he's had has transgressed throughout the whole side. Yes, they did get a great start. Yes, things have gone for them, but they've been absolutely outstanding. And just goes to show as well, when you're talking about coming from the top, I think his attitude and the way that he's portrayed himself has seeped down throughout that whole side because they have been absolutely outstanding so is far. Is it a bit unexpected? Because, it I is. mean, if, believing is, what Kel. you read in the pre-season yeah. leading up, it was going to be Melbourne City and Daylight. Very true. Melbourne City, Brisbane, Melbourne Victory. Um, you would probably say the three favourite sides. Sydney were looked upon because of last season um, as, like, well, let's see what's going to happen. You know, people having to maybe coming fifth or fourth. But... Uh, I think that, like I said, he made the decision. He, he asked for the team that he wanted. He was given that, which is coming back to what I said mm. to you about who selects the side and so forth. And what he's done really, really well is, he, and this is very important, especially for team sports, has kept the people on the bench happy. Now, he's got a great squad, but that's a very big job to do because you've got players who think they should be playing. The team's doing well. And another thing as well, Milos Linkovic, who we saw there, who's been outstanding, he got offered $2 million a season to leave in the off-season. And Graham Arnold somehow convinced him to stay, wow. obviously for less money, and 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 it's he's been absolutely outstanding. Yeah. So he's obviously man managing him really, really Things well. Things aren't going quite so swimmingly for Wanderers coach Tony Popovich. Mm. Uh, of course, he's been cited for those comments about referee Jared Gillette. Have a listen. Oh, he'll tell you on Fox. Uh, you know, there's no need to ask him. Um, but you know, it doesn't get clearer than that. And yeah, maybe it's just a coincidence. You know, we've won one from 11 with Jared Gillette as a ref. Maybe it's just coincidence, but. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll come and explain himself. He's right about the penalty call. 100 percent, 150 percent right. I guess it's questioning yeah. the integrity of the referee that with the issue. The is. one in the 11 is the issue. Yeah. Um, saying that is, is insinuating things about credibility, and I think yeah. he went too far with that. But here's the quandary that we have, Kel. Okay, so we want them to talk straight after the game, but when you've received a decision like that. And you ask them then to sort of not to sort of get too emotional. That's a very I, difficult I, balance to, to have because you I, have I, to I, ask him about I've that. I've had this solution many times, boss. What is it? Uh, we have a pay-per-view channel, all right? So we all so, can get <laughs> Coaches come in with a lot of alcohol, <laughs> yes. all right, and they can say whatever they want. Yes. Well, what, you wanna, well what do you want to avoid? I saw that in rugby league. With, I think it was Jeff Tuvey. I remember once watching him in a press yeah. conference. Could and have got been investigation. Well, yeah. But what I'm saying to you is, what, where the powers are be, you got to find the balance. Is you don't want the situation where coaches it's, after the game just turn around and go, yes. They should know better. No, though. they're trained. It's, though. it's, it's pretty very obvious difficult, balls, but when your it? job's I mean, on the line, I love the A League for all the emotion that the coaches have and their passion. I think it's fantastic. But once it gets personal, that oversteps the mark. And I think yeah. that's pretty obvious. Yes. Very obvious with that. But what I'm saying to you is where do they draw the line? Because it's their jobs that are on the line as well and they're very emotional post-game. All right, uh, let's move offshore. The Socceroos, of course, they want to make something of a statement when they take on Thailand in Bangkok. This is the latest night. You'll be working through uh, on that one I as will well. Uh, Thailand yet to register a point, of course, they haven't. in these World Cup qualifiers. No. Uh, look, at the end of tonight, we could be top of the group or yep. if things don't go our way, we could actually be fourth. Um, I actually think this is going to be a very difficult game for two reasons. Number one, for the first reason that you said, the fact that they haven't got no points. Uh, and the second reason is that the death of their king obviously has been a huge emotional shake for the whole country. 
and uh, and this will be one of their this will be Thailand's first international football game since then. So I think that will make them very very dangerous tonight. I like to think this is for Australia. It's like a World Cup booty call. It's coming just at the right time. We're guaranteed to score. Timmy Cahill's not there. You'd guarantee him, him to score at some point. Now, he's yes. not there. Michael Cochran in, in the Cockerel, Cockerel yeah. uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald. He said that maybe it will be the last time we see mm. Tim Cahill in the gold jersey. Well, Mike's an expert at, uh, at being, as I call him, the agent provocateur. And mm. fair play to him because it always spurs discussion. But I think he's been very mischievous uh, in, this, in this instance. I, I think Timmy Cahill, for me... Did I say that wrong? Mischievous. <laughs> You say the word, ready? Okay. He's been very mischievous. There you go. Because, I, look, I still think... <laughs> if, I mean, three games ago against UAE, it was Timmy who came on and scored. He still looks the most likely to score. Yeah. In my opinion, he's still one of our, if not the best player. Yeah. And the last two games that he didn't play in, which he was in the squad for Saudi Arabia and Japan, for me, we didn't look like scoring as much as when he did play. So, like I said, I think he's been a little bit... Mischievous. There you go. <laughs> 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 I agree Kel, with you, yeah. boys. I mean, he's drawing a long bow there. Yeah. Sticking oh, yeah. ahead a few steps. Three weeks ago, Tim Cale was a hero after scoring that amazing goal at Melbourne City. And Ange has been adamant and been honest with the fact that he's blooding new players as yeah. part of the qualifying phase. Hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean that the career's over for yeah. Tim Cale, as of long as he's not. scoring goals. Yeah. 100%. All right, boys, lots of responsibilities when you're mischievous uh, goalkeeper. <laughs> mischievous. <laughs> One of those is to be somewhere near the goal when the ball arrives, uh, unlike this kid who just was caught short. There he is. <laughs> 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 Oh, God. He could uh, mark the line for it. Yeah. The umpire forgets his spray. Just... Oh, fair play. At least he didn't stop the game. Fair play. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, look, first, let's confirm throwing fireworks onto the ground is stupid and wrong. But this bloke's reaction, this is in Romania-Poland game, uh, I reckon it's just slightly over the top. Ooh. Look, down like, oh, ooh, you ooh. say. One saying no shrapnel? No, he wasn't injured at all. There was absolutely nothing happened to him except he was conditioned to clutch his head and fall over. You think it was yeah. that, or are you 100% certain about that? No, 95%, is it? <laughs> Unless it was fear. Unless it was fear. I mean, think, uh, maybe it was shrapnel. Maybe it was a coin on the ground. <laughs> yeah. just, uh, so many. Why, why, so why are you ruining the Glass half story? full. You're just being mischievous. <laughs> 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 Mischievous. <laughs> mischievous. <laughs> You're never going to know which one it is. I love that, mischievous. The on-field daxing, daxing is much less dramatic uh, than fireworks, although this one did lead to a yellow card. Now, he gets tangled up there and whoop, down come the, the truces. Oh, wow. He gets a yellow card for that, Jules. That's a bit harsh. That's kind of, that happens in AFL and NRL all the time. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And if it's well, I've right, seen some weird... Oh, that's the weirdest fit. I've ever seen, Kel, ever. Well, I don't know. I've got, I've got a photo of you. Now, this bloke was, was, was daxed, he was shirted, he was shooed, everything. What's the story, Mark Bosnich? I don't know. talking to this man. It's like a Fox News Christmas party. I do not remember. You're shaking hands with him. Listen, with the weight that I've got, that looks like an all-star game from right to... Well, no, after my career So it was even closer to... That was at St James's Park and they had... Ex-Premier League All-Stars versus uh, people who, who did everything, girls, boxing or whatever, with me in goals. That's when it was. Yeah, I remember it. So there and you go. when you see that, do you think, well, the big push, we'd love to get you to write that book and stuff like that. <laughs> Has I've it moved you. anywhere? Stuff like that you no, barely remember. No, I've told you. I, I, <laughs> I, I believe books are to be written at the end of one's life. Yes, yeah. and also it, the, one's life... What do you mean by how, somebody else how when you were there? you write it? Well, yeah, well, no, you can give it on. And I told you, I'd rather you tell the secrets and the stories that I have to people that I truly care about, like I tell you in the green room. I know, that's 
what I want you to write. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but why should I share it with everyone? Why? And plus, I don't want to have the reputation of being a snitch. <laughs> there you go, basically. If, if you don't, somebody else is going to. All right, we'll be curious out of the spotlight. Tennis journos have had to look for a new target. Who'd have thought that would be Novak Djokovic? The ball had to hit someone today. Is that something you think you ought to address? <laughs> you guys are unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, because you're always picking this kind of things. It's, it's well, incredible. You keep doing these things. You know, that's, that's I, I keep doing these things. Well, well. Why, why, why don't I get suspended then? I'm saying you were close, weren't you? That's what I'm, I'm close. I'm still not suspended, so if I'm not close, I'm not close. It could have been serious. It could have been, sure. Or it could have snowed. You're not concerned about this so I'm the only player that shows his frustration on the court, right? That's what you want to say. That's the, I'm the only player that is showing that. You're one of the top-ranked players in the world. So? Do you think it's an issue for you? It is not an issue for me. It's not the first time that I did it. Why is that journo pushing that so hard, Kel? Well, I mean, he's asking a fair question. Is it really he? a fair question? Oh. Well, uh, to me, that's what a press conference should be. Mm. Really good, straight Absolutely. talk. Putting him on the spot, mate, you behave like a goose. Why? And, and he's, he's cracking, I reckon. Yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah. Novak he's, is fading, I reckon. But he's just doing his job as yeah. a journalist, asking the question, do you fear that one day when you throw your racket or hit the yeah. ball up that you might actually hurt someone or injure someone or it could cost you a tennis match? What's wrong with that? See, see, the, the story yeah, crashes he, he, right. The story is Novak. This is he is frustrated. I he the is story the wrong way around. Prickly. He is tense at the moment. This is the most dominant sportsman on the planet last year, and since his early exit at Wimbledon, he's been on quite a slide. He's had some personal issues. He's had injury. He's lost the world number one, and now he's frustrated. I stand corrected. <laughs> Plenty of wildlife in South Africa. Uh, no different at the Ned Bank Golf Challenge where a business of mongooses took over. Here they are. Look, I love the mongooses. Uh, that is the plural. Don't is it? question me. Yes. Really? Yes, that's the, and it's a business. That's a collective now. Look, and the, here's the golf ball. Look, you think the golf ball's gone? Not even interested at all. Always showing animals on golf courses. It's not that interesting. Can I just say that? I mean, it's not as if, it's not as if golf courses are in the CBD. I mean, there's a kangaroo on a golf course. We go nuts. There's some sort of weird going on. They're on Insta. Is it that interesting? You're on a animal. If you're like me and you've never seen a mongoose, I enjoyed it. I used to ride one in the 80s. Did you know that business was the collective now? That's good. So made it up. Time for some sophisticated humour then, I hope this goes. Uh, what's better than someone falling over? Check out the young bloke. Uh, look up the other end in the golf gallery. Oh. 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 Now that's better. That's much better. That's much better. See, someone got hurt there. Yeah. That's good. Cool. <laughs> well, he was attacked by mongoose. Down there. Sniper. Hey, I'm OK. Really? Are you sure? Mongooses. Not mongoose? No. You're thinking mongoose, I am thinking I think mongoose. it's actually it's mong guy. No. <laughs> I'm not getting involved in this one after this. Yeah, yeah, buzzer, it's mongooses. It's mongooses. After mongooses. I'm not getting involved in this one. It's mongooses. <laughs> Where else could that lead us but to this week's top five embarrassing falls at the golf course? Brought to you by Kia. Well, look, why don't we start with this caddy? You'd imagine that, you know, with all the grass to fall on, Jules, mm. oh, you get... Oh, oh. <laughs> it's just got to be disappointing for you, hasn't it? The pink pants, that's even worse. <laughs> exactly. Uh, number four, look, look, the motorised scooter, it's obviously good, but level ground is... <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> just the, the straight uh, route on the course. <laughs> 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 Number three, Phil Mickelson. Oh, <laughs> oh, green yeah. and slippery, green and slippery. <laughs> oh, you learnt that.
that's oh, that's, 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 that's one of them you get up quickly. Nobody's <laughs> looking at you. Exactly. Huh? Uh, uh, number two, obviously, and this is a, an official, very keen to get to where he's got to go to. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Foot caught up in the rope. Did somebody trip him up there? No, there's a rope you'll see around his ankle. Left ankle. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. Uh, number one, love the water hazard. <laughs> 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 Richard Finch. <laughs> he still went on to Coming off a big win in Las Vegas last week, Rod Pampling joins us right here in the studio. Rod Pampling next to play. It's been a long time, 10 years, since this guy stood on the 72nd tee. Winning Arnold Palmer's event in 06 was uh, it's still on the top. And win in Arnold Palmer's place. Hey, Australia, didn't keep you up for nothing this time. It's a great feeling. So this is for 61 for Rod Pamlet. Look out. No! Wow! It certainly gives you the confidence that you can compete against the younger guys. Look out. Thanks to have him to win this magnificent event. It's uh, it's fantastic. Got a chance. Boom. Wow. What a putt and what a performance by Rod Pamplin. 47 years young. Back in the winner's circle for the first time in a decade. How good was it? A great win for the man who now turns his attention to this week's Australian Open. Rob Pampling joins us right here, right now. Congratulations. That was Thank brilliant. You. Nice to yeah, watch that was... back. Oh, it always is. It never gets old watching that. It's an uh, exciting time and, uh, yeah, so it never gets old. I love the idea that you... I think you said you were going to celebrate with a few Bundys. It's good you can't take the Queensland <laughs> anywhere. No, never, never miss a chance to have a Bundy, so... It was a long journey home that night. We finally actually got out of Vegas and, uh, yeah, got home. It was a little bit late to have some wines and so forth. So, yeah, just had one quick Bundy and uh, off to bed. Is it true that you're in bed by midnight? I mean, if, if your name was Tiger Woods and you won in Vegas, we know how he would have celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you jumped on a plane and you headed Come back on. to Dallas yeah. and you're in bed by no. midnight, but you did share a nice moment with your daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of one of those. I was still on just on, on a high. So I sort of, uh, at 4 o'clock, I just, I woke up and which was uh, Vegas time was like 2 o'clock in the morning. So it was, it was just... Not much sleep, but I got home and just thought, oh, I've got to get up. And my wife had taped it, so I went out and started watching it. And my, my daughter's got uh, her ears, she can hear everything. So she came out and said, what are you doing? <laughs> so I just said, here, I'm watching the golf. She said, oh, OK. So she sat with me and we watched the golf again. So you watched to... yourself win it? Oh, I had to make sure I'd won. <laughs> <laughs> I just double-checking. You're hey, a Rod, I was going to say, Rod, you turned professional in 1994. What mm -hmm. changes have you most noticed uh, about the game throughout that time that you've been oh. a professional? Well, when I first started, I was one of the long guys out there. Um, now it's, uh, it's quite amazing just the carry that the guys, how far they hit the ball in the air. Mm. So you get bunkers that are 270, 275, 280 metres, and they just... Straight over. Straight over. Which I'm still going around. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so, going in. <laughs> but that's the, the great thing of the game. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat. So, you know, as much as they can hit it long, it's uh, it's the accuracy you still need. So, it says on your Wikipedia page, Rod, uh, that you once played in the NGA Hooters tournament. Is that? Oh yeah. Or is that was that a thing? And is that <laughs> is that still on? And what time? <laughs> Is that, <laughs> there, there's a Hooters tour. Yeah, is that, I, I played a, I played a GI Joe event, and uh, 
that's when I first went to the States. But no, the Hooters tour is still on. Oh, really? It's, uh, <laughs> it's down, uh, down in the... Like Texas sort of area, then the, the south, south area. The Hooterville area. The difference between uh, winning and running up it mm -hmm. can be shown pretty well, I think, in something you might have even had on your phone. Just have a little look. This is after that amazing putt we just saw. Uh, oh, the is photo that Brooks Kepka? Uh, there he is. <laughs> 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 just run it a few times. <laughs> uh, when I first saw that, it said photo bomb. I was like, what's this all about? <laughs> I rewatched it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but you're a great guest to have on tonight because yeah. the talk today about cricket is about the lack of resilience of our team and mm. there's a lot of millionaires, blokes that earn a million dollars a year in that team and I remember I brought in an old photo of you when you were the groundsman, the <laughs> assistant uh, groundsman at Caboolture Golf Club sitting on your mower earning thrippence halfpenny mm -hmm. and then from there, at, but what about though. have a look at that yeah, you came good, from it? there and you hadn't swung a golf club till you were 16. Mm -hmm. And then when you got on the American tour, you and Ange, and you went around, drove around thousands and thousands of miles. And what was mm -hmm. it, an old Dodge? But, Rod, it built caravan. up resilience, didn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah. We did two years of driving. It's like uh, 25,000 miles you do in about a seven-month period. So there's wow. a lot of driving to do. But that's what you did, and, and you could do it in those days. Like, the tour was set up for that. But, uh, yeah, you know, and after the first year, I left, uh, I left Angie in Carmel. Uh, not a bad spot to leave your future wife, but mm. <laughs> I left her there just to come home for a week to see my coach because I had to head back there and go through first stage of tour school again. So, you know, you've got to have the resilience. There's no doubt. You've got to have that, and you've got to... It's the desire to still hunger, want to win. Yeah. And the yeah. hunger. If you lose that, then, yeah. Your you wife's a sport psychologist. Clinical psychologist. A clinical psychologist. Yes. What's that like? Like, does it, does it help you with the resilience? Because Richie no, once helped not, another not golfer. Once. <laughs> Richie once helped another golfer we win We don't a do anything together. So. <laughs> Perfect marriage. Perfect marriage. <laughs> oh, it, it's been massive. It really has. It's... Um, I know I wouldn't have got this far without her help. So it's, uh, you know, hats off to Ange. Um, you, you have to have it. That's mm. the, the game of golf. I've played a lot of different sports growing up and it was all instinctive. You just did it. Mm. Whereas golf, you've got so much time to think yeah. about what you're doing. You've got to just, you've you got to look and, and understand yeah, how your body's, yeah. how it's reacting out there in situations and, and learn to deal with it. That's where the clinical side comes in and it's, it's learning to how, how to handle your body, what mm. it's telling you and how to, relax it and get back to where you can be optimum performance. You said hats off to Andrew. I'm saying put the hats back on because I like this photo of you winning after the Shiners, uh, who I'm obsessed with through the Simpsons. I didn't get one of those hats. <laughs> Did, you get, Did you get a ride in a miniature car? I've had a few friends are just ringing up and saying, hey, uh, let me know when you get the hat. When you get that hat. So, yeah, it's back to like the Flintstones days there, isn't it, when you yeah. see that hat in the style? But yeah, it's brilliant. We have about maybe three or four events that that's the hat they use. So... I guess, I don't know what it's all about, but it's uh, interesting. And, Ron, I want to ask you about the major tournaments. Which is your favourite uh, favorite major tournament that you played in? Oh, the Masters. The Masters. It's, it's an amazing place and so happy to be going, going back again this year. I just, I, I really enjoy the golf course. It's, um, it sets up great. You know, obviously the British Open is phenomenal. The US Opens are great, but... Um, your best results in a major have been at the Masters. The Masters, yeah. It was first, first year there, I finished fifth. So, and then fifth, twelfth, and I think... Maybe late 30, uh, 20, something like that. And so. explain to us novices, are the greens as quick as, as they appear, as everybody talks about? Oh, yeah. Yeah? No, well, and a lot of it has to do with the undulation of the greens. Mm. It's, uh, you don't get to see the, the slopes and the hills at Augusta. No, you don't. Not on the it's, TV. it's getting better on TV. Obviously, they've improved things, but it's getting better. But it, it's, uh, there's a lot of undulations there. Mm. So you can leave yourself a putt that you've got no chance. Mm.
but um, I'm glad I've got a chance to see if I can do it again. <laughs> and I understand you and Ange don't agree on everything, like Trump or Hillary. Like, oh, and okay. it's come down to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, obviously, as we all saw, Donald Trump, or if you want to, I guess he's not President Trump yet, but, yeah, he said a few bad things on TV, which, you know, at the end of the day, the only reason each of them had a chance was because they were running against each other. They're so bad. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, uh, he's softened a lot of uh, his comments straight away, which I think he had to. So He'll certainly promote the Hooter tournament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was waiting for that one, right? Yeah. He was waiting for that one. Of course, you head into the Australian Open uh, mm -hmm. at uh, Royal Sydney. There's, yep. Is it a course that you're talking about the length of the drive, but it's a course that kind of sets up OK for you as well, isn't it? It's good. The course is playing nice and fast, so my ball flight's pretty low, so I get a lot of run. So I was out there today with um, Jamie Sedlowski, who's the uh, long drive guy. Mm. So, yeah, it's pretty impressive watching him hit it. But realistically, I was only 10, maybe 15 behind him mm. just because I get the role. So, you know, and he's got something to learn there because it's such an amazing uh, uh, positional golf course mm. with the pins. You've got to watch where the pin is before you even start the hole. Mm. So it, it'll be a good test out there. And it's good. You've got Jordan Spieth, obviously, Adam Scott. I think you're on mm -hmm. the third line of betting. Am I going to throw my cash at you? Are you that confident? <laughs> The game's good. <laughs> I've had a lot of tips that haven't paid off over the years. So, hey, game's good, feels good. So, you know, I think the odds are the odds should be nice. There you go. Not, All right. like, uh, not like the Shrine, I think it was, was it, 300 to 1 or something? Yeah, sadly yeah. I wasn't on uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> was anyone on it, Rodney? Anyone that No, did? I had uh, one of my friends who lives right next door, Mike Pelly, who always bets on me, didn't. <laughs> so I'm betting from betting on me yeah, from yeah, Tell him I'm to stop betting yeah, on me every well, it, is, it is the year of the drought-breaking mm. underdog. Were you mm. aware of that? I mean, your, well, your ranking was, what, 460? Or something like that. Getting into it was... that, and it was been a 10-year drought, and mm -hmm. Leicester and the Cavs and the Western mm. Bulldogs yeah, and it's, Cronulla. It's, it's been great. It's, uh, you know, I think for Australian golf, though, it's just been this, it's a slow resurgence where, you know, Jason's kicked it in and, and Scotty's mm. kicked it in and then Bads and, and Greg Chalmers. It's, so, as I said there, it's, uh, it, it's a big wheel. I'm just, I'm, I'm glad I grabbed one of those cogs and just hung on tight and it, it got me the win. So. And so we, we're glad it dragged you to this desk oh, yeah. well. Rod Pampling, thank you so much. Good luck with the Aussie Open and beyond. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rod. Thanks, Thanks very much. Yeah, appreciate thank it, mate. Rod Pampling there with us coming up, our champ of the week. That's next. Stick around. A tweet from Chris on the major topic of the evening. Uh, what do you call a connect? What's a collective noun for a group of mongooses? He says the Australian cricket team. <laughs> it's a bit harsh. <laughs> oh, mongooses. <laughs> 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 they can really, they can really bat those. Just mongooses. to be technical, it yeah. is also mongoose as well. So we were both right. Mm. And I don't mean to pick. <laughs> <laughs> but I did yeah. pick up you were saying daxed, which I've never heard before, as opposed as to pulling somebody's pants down. Yeah, yeah. Daxed. Can you imagine Back. playing Scrabble with Kelly? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't imagine playing no. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Staying upright in a Moto3 GP is a tough enough assignment, like sitting next to Kel, but hanging out <laughs> to your bike uh, like Spain's Juan Franco Vera. Look at this. Look at, oh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Sliding through. It's like a rodeo. Marvellous. How brilliant is that? Just brings it to a beautiful stop, as wow. we almost have to do with this show, but not before coming to our champ, of the week. It's got to be you, Jill. And look, we may not be able to swing a bat, but Aussies wow. can sure swing an axe. Look at this. The Chopperoos are the Timber Sports World Champions. Oh, congratulations. For the third straight year. 
Lawrence O'Toole's team. Now, I'm, I'm sure the Australian selectors will swing an axe like that. Exactly. <laughs> In a couple of seconds. They broke world records. Look, they they look at this, Canada. and they've finished a shoey after the final against Canada. That is oh. brilliant work Super. to the Chopperoos. Thank you so much uh, for your company. Thank you, Thank ladies you, and gentlemen. Thank you, Thank you, everyone. Great evening. We'll see you next yeah. week. Bye-bye. This has been a presentation of Fox Sports.